Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I'm so honored to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. He is Stephen Weller, and the winning book is titled Kantara, The Traveler. The book was written by both Steve and his wife Mary. Steve and Mary were born in Texas and decided it was a good place to live. Mary prefers the summer heat, while Stephen prefers the winter cold. So one of them compromised. Stephen is the author of two award-winning books titled The Progressive Machine, Before We Called It Lean, and The Progressive Hospital, A Lean Hope. Mary helped edit those books, hoping Stephen would someday stop writing. But that clearly didn't happen, so Mary partnered with her husband on the next novel, the book we're talking about today, Cantara. Oh, and by the way, Stephen and Mary are married with kids, pets, and a mortgage. And we are going to dig into this book today. So welcome to the network, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Fun intro. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, congratulations on the book win. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, so we went from a couple lean, mean hospital machines to this time travel adventure. Yeah, the my first book I wrote was a history book, and it was just more just to culminate some of the, my lessons learned and some of the people that I admired throughout history and just really just wanted to clear my mind, put that together. Hopefully other people could benefit from um, these people who had persisted and progressed throughout the last two centuries. And then I had spent about 10 years working with hospitals across the country doing uh, surgical optimization programs. And I decided to write down my lessons learned in uh, a book called The Progressive Hospital, but I didn't want to write a textbook or a memoir, but rather wanted to make it fun. So I wrote it as an educational thriller. And doing that, I enjoyed the thriller aspect so much and was asked, would I be okay with writing a strict fiction? And I had an idea that had been brewing. In fact, I was going through my my folders on my computer, and this idea had originally developed back in October 2005. And I decided, well, let's go ahead and get the first book uh, written, and, and now we have Kantara the Traveler. How did the collaboration come about with your wife? Well, when I wrote The Progressive Hospital, um, there is, it's written through the eyes of a young man. So, you know, a young man meets a girl, and I started asking my um, wife, what would a woman do in this situation? And we started developing several of the scenes together, um, even acting them out. And so we had fun doing it. And so it just seemed like a natural progression that we would write this next book together and uh, you know it, it provided the ability to look from many different perspectives by us bouncing ideas acting scenes out and then getting them on paper so it's uh, it wasn't as structured as we thought it would be um, but rather it was bouncing ideas and getting them on paper so no two sessions were ever alike did you do the writing? Did she do the writing? How did that come about? I mostly did the writing, but uh, she would be in the office with uh, printouts uh, laying on a, on a couch and 
um, she would verbalize what she wanted to write. And so I would just record them and then we read it back and we would go back and forth until we were happy with it. That's so fun. My previous interview this morning was a husband and wife. Both were on. And when we were talking about who did what, she said, we argue until we come to an agreement. <laughs> and I thought, oh. Well, we, we, uh, we didn't actually argue. It was just more we acted out until it felt right. <laughs> you know, I wonder how that helps a marriage. Because if you can get through character development where it really doesn't, I mean, it's not like a real life situation how you can extrapolate that give and take and back and forth into daily life. Well, this is funny. Um, it actually helped our marriage, and let me explain why. What happened was, you know, there, there's sometimes friction in a marriage. Well, I guess more than sometimes. And we had our challenges, too. And I was investigating personality types, doing some reading. Uh, on some of the character developments, and I saw, as I was reading, I was finding, uh, learning about way people react under different circumstances, and I basically found my wife and realized I had been messing up, so to speak, and because I misunderstood her personality, Mm -hmm. and... I would say the same thing happened in reverse. And in fact, so we learned more about each other as we were trying to create these characters. And I think that's probably one of the most rewarding parts about doing this book is that we actually learned more about each other. And it kind of made it fun uh, for us. Something there. <laughs> there is something there. That could be a part of some kind of uh, couples therapy is to, all right, go home and come back in a month and write a chapter. See how that works out. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it certainly will have you, like, in my particular case, I, I read it, and when I figured out that I was the one doing the wrong, so to speak, in our circumstance, I just dropped my head and called myself an idiot. Oh. And so I was like, now I know. And, um, no, I think it just made it more fun, and, you know, it was one of those things that really did help us. Mm-hmm. No, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, well, I guess it could go either way. It could just make you crazy or it could bring you together. So I'm glad I'm glad it was a good experience. Um, why time travel? Where did that uh, idea uh, originate? Well, time travel to me is it's fun for the simple fact that, you know, when I when I was thinking about doing an adventure, we hear, like, what was the past, you know, I always try to picture, like, what was it like 2,000 years ago? What was it like 3,000 years ago? What was it like 100,000 years ago? And with all of the new discoveries that we're having, we're finding out we know very little. And it just really allows the imagination to really uh, blow up, so to speak, because... Literally, it could be anything. We really don't know as much as we'd like to think we do. And so with that, I think it really allows the imagination to uh, explore. And then on a side note, if you just so happen to have a plot hole, time travel is a great way to eventually fix that plot hole. But uh, we work really hard not to have any plot holes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, because anything's possible. Anything is possible, and... 
Um, I was very happy with the responses. I was uh, sleeping at night, and my wife uh, wakes me up saying someone wants to talk to me and was a member of our launch team. And he was just super excited and loved the time travel aspects and uh, how everything came together at the end, saying he was jumping up and down. So uh, I think a lot of people who uh, enjoy time travel like those experiences. You you can reveal things that become really exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really enjoy it. <laughs> there you go. It sounds like you've got this all figured out. Um, maybe give us a peek then into the book so we can entice our listeners. So the book takes, uh, is spoken through the eyes of a, uh, of a, a young man who's just entering college and he is unexpectedly, um, thrown far into the distance past. So we're talking hundreds of thousands of years and he finds that the world is beyond anything he imagined and he finds that he is talking to someone in the future and his trip back in time. He had been implanted with a communication device that allows him to talk to someone from the future. And he is being sent back in time to basically go after what we call a Kantara scroll. It's the first of four scrolls. And this thing is the key to help fix the timeline. And so there are a lot of different characters, a lot of different side storylines that all culminate into one. And um, he gets to see a world that is a hodgepodge of modern technology, past technology, future technology, all wrapped together, a very bustling world of Earth, a place of intergalactic importance, gets to see... uh, 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 basically a civilization of how it could have been. And it takes place during an apocalypse. So most of the uh, story is about running from an apocalypse. And uh, we have a species, a reptilian species that is coming in, but there's a mysterious figure behind all this. And they don't know who that is. And so part of the reason why he is sent back is to find, uh, is to uncover who is this mysterious figure. So it's really just written to just be a, a real adventure and uh, just have fun. So, you know, we get to explore all these scientific theories between phase shifting, multidimensional universes and stuff like that. And it all comes down to are we talking about right or wrong, absolute, black and white, or is there a hodgepodge of things that is going on all at once? And one of the quotes that we have slated is, you know, we want to make an absolute of everything because that's easiest for us to understand. But is that the real world? Is that the universe we live in? You know, explore what could be and, and have fun with it and just make it a, a point of, you know, how how massive is this universe? How incredible is it? And hopefully uh, people... Uh, enjoy it and want to explore different ideas around science, time travel, what could be. So hopefully it interests them to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of research involved then? <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of research. Um, there's a lot of different books uh, from everywhere, from uh, Stephen Hawking uh, to... Uh, 
to uh, some of the Chariots of the Gods by uh, Eric Von Donneken to, uh, uh, in the series, yeah, a lot of history books. So learning about uh, Sun Tzu, uh, the Art of War, on the upcoming book, uh, a lot of research on Ulysses S. Grant. And um, so, yeah, there is a lot of research that goes into it. And then we take that research and we Okay, how can we mill this into a story? So we want to try to make sure that it's as accurate as we can make it, considering it's a fictional story about this crazy adventure. Right, right. Those those parts and pieces have to be believable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, how about the characters? I'm assuming you had a great time with the character writing aspect of it. There are, it was a lot of fun. And the main character is a character. He's half Japanese, half uh, Caucasian. And his name is KG. And then he is joined by several companions. One of them is, and we did a lot of research on looking at these names, and we felt like some of these older Sumerian names uh, may give the feel of something more ancient in the past. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, one of his companions is a huntress. Uh, her name is Hazu. Um, another character is a prince of uh, one of the larger empires in the uh, earth at that time. His name is Sargon, and he has his captain of the guard, and uh, Amala. And these characters uh, start finding, uh, you know, start running into uh, other people who join on this journey and they start exploring about how their societies have broken off, what has happened to those uh, characters, and they find that they come together. So there is a character by the name of Epidemus. He's a character that broke off of Hazi's people, and now they're coming together, working together. And um, then one of the enemies, uh, his name is Andros. And uh, one moment he's trying to kill them, and the next moment he's on this mission with them. And that was a, uh, a fun exploration and found out that a lot of the readers like that character. And um, because he's definitely in his, uh, he basically goes through a, a change. But his change is not normal uh, in any way, shape, or form. And at one point, it's called tripolar. So uh, he, was a, he was a fun character to write, and he was an unexpected uh, surprise with. Uh, I didn't think people would like him as much, and he's turning out to be uh, many of the readers' favorite characters. So that was a pleasant surprise. Oh, I like that. You never know. That's so interesting. Did your plot or characters at any point in time take off on their own where you felt like you weren't in control of them? Oh, yeah, that happened really quick on all of them. And then, yet, uh, you know, with my uh, wife, oh, my goodness gracious, uh, she was saying we could really explore their own individual stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, But in the writing process, we started off with an outline. But by the time we got to the fourth part of the book on the outline, we had to redo the outline <laughs> because, yeah, it just started writing itself. Mm-hmm. How fun is that to feel that you're not in control? That's that's kind of an outer force. That's I mean, you created these characters and you created the initial plot, but I just love it when it takes off. Well, 
<laughs> you're on the journey too, and yes. you start getting excited with what happened, and you have to remind yourself, you invented this. And so it's, a, it's an awkward moment where, you know, we'll be jumping up and down saying, we love what we just, you know, what just happened over here. And then we have to remind ourselves, hey, we broke this. So it's, it's awkward, but it is a lot of fun. <laughs> I like that. It was an awkward moment. That that puts a whole new meaning to the phrase awkward moment. Oh, my gosh. Are there any characters that you found, though, that either you didn't like or that were not easy to write? Well, one of the characters, the one that he's talking to from the future, was the one that I struggled the most with and because you can't see him. And... My wife was the one that was able to bring him out the most. She really brought a lot of character development on this unseeable uh, character. And by doing that, it became very real. And we were able to use that because of what she was able to develop him to foreshadow something uh, pretty wild and because uh, you can't give up too much of the book, but he becomes a, a, a pivotal character. And uh, one of the things that when people find out who this character is, they get really excited about. So, but that was my watch. She really made this character who was basically invisible become to life and then just become a critical part of the entire uh, storyline. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I, I'm I'm thinking that, so you have two people who are already very close um, that they're collaborating to put this together and together you're creating this, but then each one of you, I'm sure comes away with different feelings and a different experience. A with the process, B with the characters, the plot, the whole thing has to maybe mean something different to both of you. It does. It does. And she has her favorites. I have my favorites. And one of that is, um, you know, we put ourselves into it. So we have these characters that have a lot of each of us in there. And so needless to say, we're drawn to some characters more than the others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gives it the spice right. and gives it a lot of flavor. It's like enlarging your family, isn't it? It really is, especially when these characters become everyday uh, language. Uh, my wife will sit there and be watching TV, and uh, I think Andrew says that <laughs> demeanor, and, she, and so we're talking about these characters and everyone in the house, because my daughter, she did the illustrations uh, of several of the characters that are found inside the book. Yeah, everyone's talking about these characters as if they're real, as if they're in the house. And so that that's uh, something that has been uh, a fun part, a lot of spice in our own family. So, yes, our family expanded with these imaginary characters. Oh, my gosh. Now, when you start setting extra places at the table, then we've got to talk. <laughs> well, that gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. You should do that. Well, someday when no one's home... Before dinner, just set the table for eight or whatever. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun because we have several scenes where they are having dinner, so uh-huh. we already know what they're going to eat. Oh. So that would be a really good idea. Okay. You need to take a picture of that at least, you know, and send it to me. <laughs> I have to do that. I like that idea. 
<laughs> hey, we're getting creative here ourselves. Thank you for letting me join you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Appreciate gotcha. you. Thank oh, you. Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh, what did I want to ask you next? So you're writing every day. Are you writing during the day, in the evening, the weekends? Do you have a, a set plan or is it just happen when it happens? So my wife and I, we're currently in the editing stage. So what I, so what we do is basically go on first. The first draft, we get it out as fast as possible. So right now, books two and three have already been written. Mm. And so we are currently in the uh, third round of editing book two. Wow. So there is, uh, so when we have vacation, we take vacation, we really try to get that first draft out. Then we set up time where usually around lunchtime we'll go through each chapter, really expand uh, upon some of the scenes, get the edits in, and then we have an editor that we start sending them to um, that they get piecemeal, and uh, then uh, they will, once they get the whole book, then they'll go through it again. So there is some structure to that, Mm -hmm. but the writing does occur almost every day. Okay. The, the biggest challenge was actually uh, uh, the writing endeavor that we just completed was to actually complete the uh, encyclopedia for the book, mm-hmm. uh, just so that we could all be on the same sheet of music. Yes. This is the characters. This is what they look like. These are their characteristics. These are the places. This is how you spell it, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. That took about a month for us to complete that. Are you going to include something like that on your website? We have some of that already on the website. Uh-huh. So we have on our website at uh, Colson Place, C-O-U-L-S-O-N-P-L-A-C-E.com. We have a feature for Cantora, and you get to see uh, we have eight of the characters uh, listed on that website with some of their, uh, with a little synopsis about each one. So you can see that on the website and learn more about the characters. Good. I thought so. So how many books in the series? Do you have a plan for that? It is right now set at, uh, we have an outline for seven books in the series. Oh my, all right. You've got lots, lots to, lots to do and you're on four now. We're on number four right now. That is correct. So, uh, but we need to publish two and three. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Well, that's okay because you always have something fresh and creative in the mill. So it's not just doing one process at a time. That kind of keeps you fresh, I would think. It is, but it also allows us, by having several books ahead, allows us to know where we can start foreshadowing in the previous book, uh-huh. as well as give us time to work out some of the areas that could lead to plot holes that we don't want to have. Right. So by having at least... So right now, like, for example, as having book three written, we, uh, as well as the outline for everything, we can start weaving things into the storyline mm-hmm. that um, can come out in the next book. Right, 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 right. That's great. Well, what about the publishing process? How are you publishing these? So we're publishing this through uh, Warren Publishing. Uh, this gives us the advantage of having, uh, you know, professional publishing uh, that's done while we keep the rights. And so there's, they're just an amazing group. And, uh, and they, they, we, we have about an eight month process. So once we get it to the publisher, so our next book should get over to them in June, 
it's about a seven to eight month process. Mm -hmm. We'll go through additional editing from there. And uh, they take care of a lot of the other parts, such as the copy editing and so on. Right, right. Oh, that's good. You've got it all figured out. And the cover art, how did that come about? The cover art, I found an artist out of uh, England, and uh, she uh, she put that together. So I, I was a little difficult to try to come up with uh, a cover that I was happy with. So I found this uh, this artist out of England who does uh, cover art, mm-hmm. and she's already agreed to do uh, the seven books. So we want to try to keep that same theme going. Absolutely, yes. I think when you know that you've got a series coming up, it's very helpful to have that continuity with the cover because you can see it. You can see that as you look at series books. You can you can tell if an author skipped and you know went to a different cover artist, even though they might try to make it the same. You can still feel it, and you don't probably want that to happen. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. All righty, so we know what's next. Uh, more books in the mill here. Are we missing anything that you wanted to highlight today? Really, the only thing is, is there's a lot of people who've really enjoyed the Progressive Hospital. Uh, they've been asking if uh, I plan on writing a, another book in that series. The answer is yes, but uh, I'm not going to do that right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for those who are interested, yes. Um, and that book is actually already halfway written. The sequel's already halfway written. Um, but that's, so there is uh, more to come on the Progressive series as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot to juggle. Um, being that they're so different, you need to kind of focus in on one or the other. But I'm sure as you're working on your current series, the Cantara books, that uh, the hospital books probably like drips into your mind every now and then. You take some notes and save it for later. That's exactly how that works. Yep. Uh, so uh, my focus is on the Kantara series, but every once in a while something happens, <laughs> we just want to record it so we don't lose it. Absolutely. I know that. Some of the juiciest stuff happens in the middle of the night, and you say to yourself, I promise I'll remember this. <laughs> and you wake up yeah. and you have no idea that you even thought yeah, of it. Yeah, no, I start I start texting my wife. I, I'll write a whole book on uh, <laughs> to my wife on my ideas, and so she'll get this text message because that's why I end up doing. So she comes in. I say, well, what do you think? She says, I think you just wrote a book. <laughs> but she's referring to the length of the text. <laughs> she's like, you're supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your relationship. I, I think more people would uh, benefit from trying to collaborate on something because it forces you to get to know yourself, get to know the other person. It just seems like a really neat process. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Alrighty. How about any contact information where folks can find out more about you? I think you mentioned your website, but we'll do it again. Anywhere else we can find out more about you and get copies of your books. Yes, my books are available on Amazon. They're also available on our website, colsonplace.com, and, of course, the other uh, online retailers, such as Barnes & Noble. The, uh, I can be found on Twitter, and then you can obviously connect with me on uh, Facebook. We have a Cantana uh, book series. All right, well, we're talking with Stephen Weller, and the book is titled Cantara, and you can find it on Amazon. Thank you so much for for sharing this with us today. Be sure to give our very, very best to Mary. Um, She's an integral part of this whole process, and we look forward to your coming books. 
Thank you so much.